You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. here every fourth Wednesday of the month, and I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship. And I'm Timothy Johnston from Liturgy Training Publications. Happy Lent, Timothy. Happy Lent. This is the first season, or the first week of, of Lent, um, just celebrated Ash Wednesday less than a week ago. Uh, we were talking about it right before we went on the air, uh, your experience of, of having ashes sprinkled this year instead of uh, other experience of years past yeah around around the world really this was a new experience for many people uh though it's been a practice in in some local churches uh in parts of the world um having that sprinkled for centuries for centuries yeah Um, i was telling my mom she's like oh i don't know what we're doing this about and i said well it's really a more ancient practice exactly it's Uh, the most ancient way of distributing ashes so i mean i know todd you we've maybe mentioned this before, but like the order of penitence, which we won't get into today, but you know, that <laughs> well, maybe, <laughs> we, well, maybe we will, um, but they, they would have ashes sprinkled on their head when they were enrolled into that particular order as a sign of their repentance. Uh, repentance. It's very scriptural. It, yes. Right. Uh, uh, the, the prophets and even in the Psalms, uh, the psalmist will, will uh, sing about uh, putting ashes on his head or sitting in ashes. Sit, yes. Right? That's one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel like I'm the one sitting in the ashes. <laughs> but that, it, it's it's very scriptural, and it's a, it's the very it's a very ancient way of doing it, and 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 it's done in Europe all all the time. Uh, one of the uh, Father Marek, the associate at uh, Holy Name, we were there yesterday, and he was saying he's from Poland. He said uh, that's the way it happened when I was a kid, always. Yeah. And, and we and we certainly have seen uh, images over the years in the news of even Pope Francis, Pope Benedict, and even John Paul II. I mean, when they've received ashes, you see the the, ma- the main shot in in right. uh, St. Peter's, and that's how they also receive ashes. But what a profound, uh, you know, new experience in this time of pandemic still, where we're yeah. reflecting. And I know the homily that that I heard on that uh, day really invited us to think about all the things we've had to fast from over the past year but that that fasting has hopefully opened us uh, to new uh, ways of seeing the world wow. and new ways of, of maybe, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the specifics that, that he shared, but um, was definitely how do we open ourselves up even though we feel like we've been in the desert for yeah. the last year plus um, yeah. in that way. But that, and, and you were just saying before the show, Todd, that in the, in the Roman preface or in the preface one, that, that image of joy um, that was there. And that's actually one of the things that he, that the pastor uh, wove into his homily, that this is truly a season of joy. And that even though we are in the desert, that we are moving towards baptism. Wow. Yeah, I don't, I do, <clears throat> I, I'll put, I'd put money on this. I don't think most Catholics think of Lent as a joyful season. What Timothy was uh, referencing was in the sacramentary, the previous translation of the Roman Missal, the first preface of Lent had this beautiful line that I really miss. And it was, Father, each year you give us this joyful season of Lent. 
And I, I, the reason I, I like that line so much is, is because uh, I think most Catholics go into Lent kicking and screaming. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's Walter Burkhart, by the way. <laughs> Father Walter Burkhart used to say that, and I love that line. Most Catholics go into Lent kicking and screaming. They don't, oh, we, we gotta go, I don't want to do this. Right, we've associated it so this is a, a strong image, but it's sort of that flogging of oneself, like, woe is me, I've got to go in. And, and there's certainly part of that. You know, the Constitution, I think it's in the Constitution of Sacred Liturgy, and then certainly some of our other documents talk about the twofold nature of the, the Lenten season, which is this, this season of penance, repentance, if you will. But it's not like I'm going, you know, it's not the woe is me, I'm so horrible. It is about a conversion yeah. to become more like Christ. Right. And that the second piece of that, which I think is is tied also into this joy-filled piece, is this baptismal theme. I mean, it, so there's a twofold uh, piece to this that we, we aren't great at, I think, explaining or maybe living out. I agree. I agree with you 100%. Um, it is in the Constitution uh, where, where it says that, that Lent has a twofold purpose. Uh, they also, it's also in the general instruction, I believe. And they, they quote one another mm-hmm. and, uh, or the, the germ quotes the constitution and you, you find it in, uh, the RCIA, the mm-hmm. right of Christian initiation of adults, yes. which will quote that twofold uh, purpose as right, well. Right. Uh, and it's in the ceremonial of bishops. And, and that, since you brought up the RCIA, that's a, just a quick historical piece in terms of Lent. That The reason we have Lent is for the baptized, ultimately. I mean, maybe that's a simplified answer. But it grew out of the, the, the time before the baptism in the early church, you know, third, fourth centuries, um, where it, it sort of worked backwards from the Easter celebrations because there needed to be time for preparation, immediate preparation for baptism. And so eventually it grew into this six-week um, uh, season that we have. And, and, and the docu- at least the documents of the church maintain that connection to that, mm-hmm. that baptismal character. Uh, that b- baptismal element of Lent. And, and and actually, I wouldn't mind spending a little bit of time talking about this. Yeah. Um, because I, I think it is so new to Catholics. Or, 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 it, 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 not, not many Catholics un- have that understanding of Lent. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we, we, were, we quoted the Constitution, which was, uh, the, as people know, the very first document that came out of the Second Vatican Council. It called for the renewal of the whole liturgical life and sacramental life of the Church. Um, it talked about the, the Roman Missal, that it's, it's the ceremonial of bishops, though, that I think gives the clearest expression of that twofold character of penance and yeah. baptism. And the ceremonial ceremonial of bishops is uh, folks. That's a that's a liturgical book for bishops. It 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 it, it goes through all the right how all of the liturgies are celebrated when it, the bishop a bishop is presiding, uh, and it's in it's in the ceremonial where it's talking about Lent, and it and this is a verbatim quote. It says through a spirit of repentance, yeah. the faithful prepare to renew their baptism. What's the emphasis? In in that in that the, the way it's worded in the ceremonial of bishops, what's the emphasis? The 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 preparation for renewal of baptism. Of baptism, yeah. And penance. I was going to say I'm going to say simply penance aids that. Penance helps us prepare to renew our baptism at Easter, and 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 when you look at it that way, it takes for me at least it takes away that whole idea of. 
of uh, Lent is dour. Lent is, Lent is, is, it's meant to be uncomfortable. You're meant to be miserable in Lent. <laughs> There's no laughing during Lent. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're 100% right, I think, is we, that is at least I, I know from my own experience of catechesis growing up and certainly the textbooks I used in teaching high school, that, that was never presented concretely. And that is something I think we, we do miss that. And, and what you said about connecting back into the RCIA, so we know with, with those who are preparing for baptism, when on the first Sunday of Lent, they enter into the period of purification and enlightenment. For, what, what Timothy's talking about is the rite of Christian initiation of adults. It's the mm-hmm. process by which anybody who's of the age of reason is initiated, uh, the, uh, an unbaptized person, it's the process through which they are initiated into, uh, in, into the, the faith, into Christ. And, and these 40 days or 40 plus days in the period of purification and enlightenment is, is also what you're saying, Todd, is for the baptized, it's our time to prepare for the renewal of baptismal promises, just to restate that. So the elect, those who are preparing to be baptized, are preparing for their first for baptism, for baptism, not first baptism, but baptism. Um, and we journey with them as we prepare to renew our promises at the Easter Vigil. And we've said this on the show before. Yes, but I still think it it's, is, it's, worth, it's profound, and I think it's worth a conversation. Yes. Let's pick it up there when we come back. Stay with us. We're talking about the great season of Lent. We'll be right back after these messages. a gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home? Consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook Counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective. And the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our moral responsibility for the common good. We have lived with the pandemic for many months, and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love. 
and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands, and watching your distance. Thank you, and God bless you all. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy here on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. To those who are watching the stream on Facebook uh, and YouTube, um, I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship. And I'm Timothy Johnston from Liturgy Training Publications. And we are talking about the joyful season of Lent. Yes, filled with much joy, (laughs) even though it may not seem like it because... And and, and even though people, I don't think think, uh, the majority of Catholics think of Lent as that. Um, it, during the break, we were talking, and even the idea of you know, well, why do I have to give something up uh, during Lent? Because you're supposed to be miserable during Lent. That's <laughs> not. But people were missing the point. Um, it, the 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 connection that we were making to baptism or to renewal of baptism to for those of us who have mm-hmm. already died in the waters of the font. That, in one sense, Timothy, you could say that's the whole purpose of Lent. Lent has one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to prepare us to renew our baptism at the Easter Vigil or on Easter Sunday morning. Yeah. That's the whole purpose of Lent. It serves no other purpose beyond that. We don't, we don't, we don't go into penance just for penance sake. We don't, we don't, we don't uh, enter into self-denial just for the sake of self-denial. All of those, and, and, and whatever people, whatever you're doing for Lent, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> whether, whether you're giving something up or, uh, and that's, you know, that's, you know th- that's always the question. What are you giving up for Lent this year? Yep. Uh, many people actually will take something extra on instead of giving something up. Like they'll, they'll work at the parish soup kitchen uh, uh, every week of Lent, or they'll, they'll uh, take on an extra uh, element of prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, daily or weekly uh, for all the season of Lent. I, I would just encourage the listeners, it's still not too late. <laughs> whatever you're doing for Lent, understand it this way, that whatever you're doing is meant to help you to prepare to renew your baptism at Easter. And if what you're doing right. for Lent, whatever it is you've given up, whatever it is you're taking on, if that does not help you to prepare your, uh, to prepare you to renew your baptism at Easter, get rid of it and pick something and else. Pick something you're else. doing it wrong. <laughs> Right, like it's not supposed to be this painful exercise. Like that's that's the important thing. Like whatever, it, 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 I and I think I've shared this before. I always like to think of Lent for myself as and I'm not always great at doing this, but it really is a the church's great retreat. Yeah, and if I'm going to enter into it, the idea behind that is that I spiritually d- grow and develop so that I come to know Christ more intimately. And that I too becomes more like, more Christ. like Christ. I mean, that's the goal, right? Yes. So I take this time over, you know, whether through the prayer, the fasting, the almsgiving, all of that, with the heart that hopefully that I, because I'm in love with Christ, that that I do that with with sincerity, so that there's conversion or that conversion can take place, and that when I come to that vigil and I'm asked to profess my faith, um, and to respond, I do, I do. Can I do that wholeheartedly? Have I taken these, you know, six weeks to really reflect upon what it is that I believe and profess? And not just some esoteric idea, 
but that this is, it's a person. Like we profess in the risen Christ. Um, and there's an intimacy and a, and a truth to that that we have to get back to. It's not just something in a book or right. or out there. Right. Like, and 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 that and 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 that's what the season calls us to. You said it earlier in the show that it, um, uh, or maybe it was in while we were getting ready before we started. But you, that idea that uh, Lent is meant to shape you more into the image of Christ. Yeah. It's kind of an unfinished sentence. It's meant to shape you into the image of Christ that you were first baptized to be. Ah, yes. And, yeah. and, and, and th- thus the renewal, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the preparation to renew that baptism should make. There's a great prayer in um, uh, one of the—I uh, want to say it's one of the scrutiny prayers. Um, we'll hopefully touch on that in the second half of the show. One of the scrutiny prayers that says, um, "Give, uh, prep- help these elect, those are the ones who are preparing for baptism this Easter— um, to prepare for their baptism in which they will take on the likeness of Christ. Yes. That, there, that there's that phrase in there, the likeness of Christ. That's what baptism does for us. And so all of Lent is meant to bring us back to that, to renew that, um, to, to prepare to renew that at, uh, at the vigil or on Easter Sunday morning. I, I, this is somewhat random, but I'm trying to figure out, because what, what you were saying was making me think of, and I, I'm not sure it's in the Missal or not, but this image, I, I know Ash Wednesday, the, the collect begins, grant, O Lord, that we may begin with holy fasting. But I'm curious what the previous, sac- what the sacramentary said, because I always have this image of the church really, this is a little more, um, to be honest, militant, I would say the way that the language is than, than I would like, but um, that this this uh, at the very beginning of the season, it really is calling us to step back, pause, and and do what what we've been saying. Mm-hmm. Um, you said it. It's yeah. the church's great retreat. We're we're called to live differently during these days, during these six weeks of of uh, Lent. We're called to live differently, and whether that means daily going without something that you've chosen to go without for those six weeks, uh, or you're doing something else. Or, but really, we yeah. we we, sh- we should be this. This is a re- time of retreat, and as much as we can, with jobs and families, and you know, lockdown in a COVID <laughs> pandemic, we we should be living differently. And, and just like the homilist uh, on Ash Wednesday at my parish said, uh, sort of inviting us into um, even in this joyful season. I mean, he used that language numerous times. But to think about then, even in this because of the pandemic, the last year, ref- taking this time to reflect on what have you learned about yourself, about God, about the church, about, and, and, and what have you liked, what have you not liked? Yeah. And, and here's an opportunity to bring all that into conversation with, with Christ in a new way. Yep. And yeah, and, and continue that as part of your preparation. Exactly. We'll pick it up there when we come back. We're going to take a quick break. Stay with us. We'll be back with more Focus on the Liturgy right after this.
Hey, it's Timothy Johnston here from Liturgy Training Publications. Over the past few months, I'm sure you've found yourself at home more, whether it's working from home or watching live stream masses on Sunday mornings. As we begin adjusting to this at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things I missed the most was gathering with friends at the parish. That's why we at LTP have created this new virtual gathering series called Living the Sunday Word. We meet virtually on Thursday evenings each week and reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings. And with that, we share stories to help us more fully reflect on the Word of God. I'm inviting each of you to join us, a group of friends meeting virtually from all parts of the country. So visit ltp.org for more information and to register. You won't want to miss this. Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the Archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. The effort to get vaccinated, why the church is helping to spread the word, We'll go inside the classroom as a national study shows how Chicago's Catholic schools are keeping students on track during the pandemic. And too many people are going hungry. We'll visit a food pantry where Catholics are working to meet that need. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy here on 7.50 a.m. And to those who are following on Facebook and YouTube, uh, we are talking about the great season of Lent, uh, the joyful season of Lent. Uh, this is airing the first week of Lent, uh, literally a week after Ash Wednesday. Timothy, I want to ask you a question. Where do you fall on the 40-day question regarding Lent? And, and a little bit of background. <laughs> People always talk, why do we say 40 days of Lent? when if you count from Ash Wednesday to Easter Sunday, it's more than 40 days. Um, first of all, 
the the whole forty days, right, is 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 biblical. It's scriptural. Yep. Uh, the Israelites wandered in the desert for forty years. Uh, the uh, um, uh, took 40, 40 days for for the forty days of the flood. Flood, which we heard on the first yep. Sunday. And uh, Jesus went into the desert right after his baptism for forty days of retreat. Yep. So first of all, it's scriptural there. But the whole and and it's funny because sometimes sometimes I guess sometimes I get caught up in it too, <laughs> but there are there are many people who get caught up in that forty that forty days number. Where do you fall on that? Uh, well, I I uh, definitely fall in that, and we were kind of chatting about this because you, you would not count until Easter Sunday because that's a different season. Um, so Triduum begins with Holy Thursday, so you really are counting from I would count from the first Sunday of Lent up through. Uh, the beginning of the Trinitum. Well, technically, that's when Lent ends. Which is it when ends Lent on ends. Holy right. Thursday. Yeah, and you enter, as you said, a brand new season. It's the shortest season of the liturgical year. Yep. It's three days long, but it's the Trinitum: Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Easter Sunday. Yeah, and we know that that many people. Um, I mean, even when I was teaching high school, this would be a question that would come up um, because you know they would they would be meticulous counting from Ash Wednesday all the way through, and they're like, "Well, there are more than forty days." Forty-seven. There are forty-seven days right. if you count they, it that way. And so, and then of course, the you know you have the crowd that uh, doesn't count Sundays during Lent to get to that number of forty, and on I don't buy that argument either because we that's how we order our time. It says first Sunday of Lent, second Sunday. It helps us keep time, uh, the rhythm, um, if you will. So if you can't just sort of erase it from the calendar, like, oh, this one doesn't count. Yeah, yeah that, the idea that uh, you take Sundays of Lent off because Sunday is a day of resurrection. Mm, no, it's still part of the season. Yeah. So so I fall on it with you. I, I, I fall where you do on this. There, there are people who, who they'll say, if, if you go from Ash Wednesday to Easter Sunday and take out the Sundays, that's 40 days. Mm-hmm. But that's... That's 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 not the most accurate right. way, because Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday are not part of Lent. They're their own season. So if you count from the first Sunday of Lent to Holy Thursday, all of the days of the week, that's 40 days. Yeah. So what about Ash Wednesday and the Thursday after Ash Wednesday, the Friday? Well, those aren't part of Lent? Well, I, I love—so during the break, we were chatting a little bit about this, and I love the image that you gave— um, is that it's sort of this prelude uh, or uh, to uh, to the season. So I'm a musician, and uh, some of our listeners, I'm sure, are too. And and what you said, and I love this because it made it clicked, um, is that it's it's not the opera, but it's part of it still. So it's it's what we sit as we're preparing for the beginning of. So we do we start we dive in with Ash Wednesday, and even the missal, the way it names those, those days, days yeah. is the Thursday after Ash Wednesday. It doesn't say Thursday of the first week of Lent, for example, because Lent, it, we're going to move into the first full week beginning on that Sunday. So it's there. It, it is Lenten in nature, um, it, you know, and how we observe it, of course, with the fasting and, and, and whatnot. Um, but but we, I would say it really begins on that first first Sunday. The, the, the first Sunday, of Lent, which, we, which we just celebrated. So, I, yeah, like I said, I, I, I fall out with you. That was more a little bit of fun, but just to, to get, in, get into that, it's not, it's, it's not, your Lenten experience is not contingent on the, on the 40-day questions, <laughs> right. folks, so don't, don't worry about that. Uh, but but, but I, I do think, just because you said this at the beginning of the segment about the scriptural piece, I think that even whether it's 40 or, or more days or however you count that, I think the, the main thing to focus on for us in our spiritual journey is going back to what the scripture and and 
how the Israelites wandered in the desert, what that flood means. I mean, those are ba- like the flood is a baptismal image, right? Again, and so it, it, even the crossing in, in the Red Sea before they wander in the desert for forty years. So those are those images in Scripture can help us no matter how long our our season is, because even in in early church. It wasn't always 40 days. It, it sort of was... Oh, in, in the beginning, yeah. Right. It was a week, then two weeks, and then yep. it, it sort of eventually grew into this. Um, but but what's important is the metaphor of what and, the, and the, the theology and truth of what Scripture is revealing to us about our journey of faith. And look at all of those examples. The 40 years in the desert, the 40-day flood, the 40 days in the desert, right? The 40 days that I think uh, one of the prophets traveled to Mount Horeb, I think. Yeah. Uh, what, what did those 40 days represent? They represented a transformation. Right. Right? Exactly. In those 40 days, those 40 years, God the Father did something and transformed yeah. the, the, the people or the person involved. That's the image that we should have for Lent. Yeah, that, that's the most important. And what we're, again, going back to what we said in the first uh, part of our show is the transformation leads us to that renewal of baptismal promises. And again, it's going to do it in the, in the next year and the year after that because we're constantly in a Indeed. process of conversion. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's even, <clears throat> it's kind of like, rather than looking at it as a, you know, as a, a you look at it like a corkscrew. Yeah, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Each year, each year when we go into the season, it hopefully it takes us deeper and deeper and deeper into the mystery of Christ. Yes, yeah. It... it, it and that's going back. To, I'm just trying to think of my my own experiences of of how how I practice this growing up and how I practice this now is very different. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, you know, I was telling Todd in the break again uh, that at my home, I did not learn until I got to college that not that every Friday, even though the I, the catechism and other documents like it is a day of of penance and fasting, but in my house it was strict. <laughs> like you did not eat in between meals on Fridays. You only had one big meal every Friday of Lent. It wasn't just every Ash- Friday of the year. You mean no, just Lent. Of, oh, of every okay. Friday of Lent. It just was. It wasn't just Ash Wednesday or Good Friday. Like it was every single Friday. Yeah. And there were notes, post-it notes in the you know around the house and the refrigerator and the mirrors, like as reminders, you know, uh, not to eat in between meals. But th- that particular discipline, whether I liked it or not, as a kid. Now I'm the I'm the sort of the weird liturgy nerd here, that helped form how I understand today. That maybe isn't the case for everyone though, and they sort of continue to just give up things. But but think about now where you are in your life. How is it different from last year or ten, twenty years ago? How are you living out your Christian faith differently? How are you living out your baptism? Yeah. Right? That's what it's all about. We're going to pick it up there when we come back from this break. Stay with us for the second half of Focus on the Liturgy. Charities After Supper Visions program offers guests of our Tuesday night supper the opportunity to learn the art of photography. 
These talented guests who are often experiencing homelessness are offered disposable digital cameras and they work with volunteer professional photographers to learn the basics of taking photos. Then the artists go out and capture images on film of anything they find to be beautiful or interesting in the world. Their photos are amazing. Visit AfterSupperVisions.com to learn more about the artists and their artwork. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn too. At After Supper Visions, we are developing film, talent, and hope. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy here on WNDZ. 7.50 a.m., an element of Catholic Chicago programming. And if you're following us on YouTube or on, uh, on uh, what's the other one? YouTube and? Facebook. Facebook. Gosh, I couldn't remember, <laughs> I couldn't remember the other, the other uh, platform. If you're just joining us, I'm, I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship. And I'm Timothy Johnston from Liturgy Training Publications. We're talking about Lent. We're talking about the theology, the spirituality of Lent, the focus of Lent, the purpose of Lent. And, and in all of that, Timothy, I mean, I, I, we just made the note during the break to each other, we're, we're really highlighting the baptismal character of Lent uh, in, mm-hmm. in this show. And, um, and, and, I, and I think I think where people, most Catholics will see that, right, visible, mm-hmm. are in the liturgies of Lent. Yes. Because so many of the liturgies during this season we, that we don't celebrate on, you know, during any other season, so many of the liturgies of Lent are focused on the elect, those who have, are chosen for baptism oh. at the Easter Vigil this year, um, the catechumenate. Is the is the 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 technical term for those who are in this process of initiation, and and if you look at those uh, those those uh, Lenten liturgies, they're all they're all surrounding the catechumenate and those who are preparing for baptism, which for those of us already baptized should be the reminder for us. Exactly, and so you're gonna if you have elect in your parish, which a good chunk of the country does, whether you're in Chicago or not. Um, but not every year. You, you might not every year. But if, if you do, you're going to see on that, especially the third, fourth, and fifth Sundays of the season, mm-hmm. a very direct, um, concrete connection because we celebrate the three scrutinies on those three Sundays. And again, these are tied pretty intimately into the development of the catechumenate process, the development of the season of Lent. And so on that third Sunday um, of, of the season, you're going to hear um, in cycle A readings, even though we're in the cycle B scriptural readings in the lectionary, 
the cycle A readings are uh, is the woman at the well yeah. uh, reading that about yep. the Samaritan woman, and that is 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 a profound. Um, well, let me say something else first. So the second Sunday um, is I'll come back to this. The second Sunday um, is uh, the story of the man born blind from John's Gospel. All three of these Sundays are There's, cycle A right. from John's Gospel, and then uh, the the third Sunday or the fifth Sunday um, is the raising of Lazarus. And the reason these are so important and tied to the, the elect is because they're stories of conversion, they're stories of enlightenment, which is what the season of Lent is doing, is it's a season of purification. it's meant to be doing. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's meant to be, is a season of purification. So taking all the things in your heart uh, you know, your, and, and sort of examining what needs to be uh, healed or taken away, whether you're being baptized or already baptized, we can do this. And it's also about enlightening so that we come to see more clearly the presence of God in our life, the Christ that is in within us for those who are baptized already. And that's why those stories are so important, because it shows a progression of, of faith, of developing um, faith, and the profundity of who Jesus is in our yes, life, right? right. That, he, he, he is the only one who can provide life-giving exactly. water and uh, cure, cure me of my, uh, where I am blind in my life and bring new life yeah. to those parts of my life that are rotting in a tomb, right? right? He is the only one who can do that. And these Gospels, as you say, reveal Christ as the only one who can do that for right. any of us. He says very clearly, in all, like in the first Gospel, in that, again, from all from John's Gospel, um, in that first story, I am the living water. In the second one, um, uh, I am the light of the world. Uh, it's not, a, I'm terrible at quoting scripture, but it's, it's along <laughs> those same lines. And then in the, the third gospel, I am the resurrection and the life. Yeah. You know, he's revealing, and, and I love John's gospel just because it's, it's not only a little higher theology, but it just, Jesus is so, in my opinion, just <laughs> so, so clear. clear. <laughs> like, I am <laughs> the Messiah. Like, yeah. and, um, and, and, so as as we go as you go through the season of Lent as we celebrate together our liturgies again I invite you to to listen carefully to those gospels maybe with a new ear a new heart yeah. this year and not only pay attention uh, to the main figure in the story the woman at the well or the man born blind or Lazarus but also pay attention to the char peripheral characters, yeah, the characters and figure out where do you fit into the story um, and how have you experienced this. Um, Christ, uh, you know, are you the one being healed of blindness? Are you the Pharisee standing off accusing? Um, uh, and, and we can probably find ourselves in both instances at different times. Or are you the one wow. meeting at yeah. the well? Yeah, powerful way to listen to those those yeah. gospels. Um, maybe just to to flesh the scrutinies out a little bit more for mm -hmm. those for those listening who might not be uh, quite familiar with them. These are again, mm. these are these are um, liturgies that are celebrated with. And for those who are preparing for baptism, but but mainly, they are also have an effect on us. Yes, yeah. right. Like we, like you said, we, we we all need to scrutinize, be scrutinized, right? In in uh, preparing to renew our baptism, um, and and uh, along with those uh, special gospels that are used, these are liturgies where where the 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 idea is that the community surrounds these people. Who are in their final stage of preparation, and just prays, and prays hard for them, right? That the, that the that the Lord strengthen them, yeah. that the Lord take away any doubt, as as they're in these last days of preparing to to die in the waters of the font, um, that that uh, that the Lord will take away any any um, reticence they might have, and would strengthen them, and 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 um, 
uh, ready them yeah. for the transformation that'll happen on Holy Saturday night. And I, just hot as you're saying this, I get excited because the right, the, so the right of Christian initiation, what it says in the actual text, or again, this is kind of a paraphrase because I'm not great at quoting <laughs> things, but it, it says regarding the elect, and I do think this is true even for us, maybe in a different way, obviously, as baptized people, but it says, the scrutinies are, are meant to uncover all that is weak and defective and sinful in order to raise up or to enlighten all that is good and upright within the person. What I love about that and what you just said is it isn't, again, it's not like we don't do liturgy just to do liturgy. Like these are effective. They, they, like they, they actually, God does something right. in them. And, and what is being raised up, that sinfulness, that defectiveness, whether it be in the person preparing for baptism or within myself, that is what I bring to the Easter Vigil. I've become aware of, okay, like here's, here is where I am weak or broken or need uh, God's um, healing, mercy, grace. So when they enter into the waters of baptism, if you're looking at, at the elect who are preparing, when they walk into the waters in, in that way, that's what they're walking in with. They're very, very well aware if we have prayed, if, if we've celebrated these liturgies well, yeah. that they, they, they are carrying the burdens of that weakness, defectiveness into the life-giving waters. And when they come out... They're com- a new creation. Completely. Yep. Completely yep. new. Let's pick it up there when we come back, because this is important. Stay with us. We're talking about the Lenten season and the liturgies of Lent. We'll be right back after these messages. The Word Made Clear is exactly what its name implies. It's an easy-to-understand explanation of the Word of God, the Gospel. Hello. I'm Father James McElhone, Director of Biblical Formation for the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'd like to invite you to take our free online Bible study program by going to thewordmadeclear.org. Our website offers an audio-based guide to the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Listen to my lectures and follow along with the handouts provided. There are even discussion guides. You can also explore the biblical roots of the Mass. And there are links to a wide variety of biblical sources that will benefit both teachers and students of the sacred scriptures. Just go to wordmadeclear.org to experience our free online Bible study program. Again, it's free at wordmadeclear.org. It's the Word of God. Enjoy. Catholic Charities staff members work every day to end poverty and homelessness. We do this on a one-to-one basis with anyone who asks for help. We also work with organizations who study these issues across our city, state, and nation. The Wilson Sheehan Lab for Economic Opportunities, or LEO, at the University of Notre Dame is one of these research centers. Through our partnership with LEO, Catholic Charities has gained valuable insights into scientific evaluation methods that determine the most effective interventions to help people avoid poverty and homelessness. Along with our experience and compassion, Trusted Research is helping Catholic Charities offer hope and so much more to anyone in need. For more information, visit catholiccharities.net. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. 
the effort to get vaccinated, why the church is helping to spread the word. We'll go inside the classroom as a national study shows how Chicago's Catholic schools are keeping students on track during the pandemic. And too many people are going hungry. We'll visit a food pantry where Catholics are working to meet that need. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. back to Focus on the Liturgy here on WNDZ 750 AM and Facebook and YouTube. Uh, we're talking about the liturgies of Lent. Uh, so that the whole first, first part of the show, we were talking about the purpose of Lent, the theology of Lent, and now looking at the liturgies that mark this season. And Timothy, we were talking about the three scrutinies. Uh, they are celebrated on the third, the fourth, and the fifth Sundays of, of Lent. They uh, are, are rites of strengthening and um, healing mm -hmm. for those who are preparing, specifically for those who are preparing to be baptized this um, Easter, but it's also for all of us, right? Uh, um, healing and strengthening for all of us. Um, and and it just a, a kind of a, a, a encourage the... Uh, the invitation that Timothy gave. Um, if see, Find out what Mass those are going to be celebrated in your parish if you have elect, mm -hmm. if you have those are, who are going to be baptized, and make a point of, of, of going to or watching. Hopefully mm -hmm. that will be one of the Masses uh, live-streamed or, or recorded for your parish um, because they are, they are terribly uh, moving, um, profound, uh, transformative liturgies, and I loved what you said. We don't liturgies just don't nice ceremonies. We we believe that in every liturgy of the church, we encounter the living Christ who does something to us. They're yeah. they're effective, right? Um, I used I used a word uh, just a, a moment ago, uh, referring to those who are being baptized as the elect. And this happened just this last Sunday yep. uh, in uh, in in Chicago. It'll happen uh, this coming Sunday as well where catechumens, those who have been preparing, right, for baptism, they've been involved in catechesis and liturgical prayer and the communal life and the apostolic life of, the, of your parish, um, they went to the cathedral and they celebrated the rite of election, where they are elected for baptism uh, this coming Easter and they enter this final stage of preparation. And it's one of my favorite liturgies of the whole year, and I'm sad I've I've missed it. The uh, rite of election. Yes, um, it just is a great coming together in, in non-pandemic times of the whole whole community. I'm sure it was great gathering as well in this time, but when we're not in non-pandemic times, you know, it's the whole church gathers in, in this wonderful prayer. But it's what the bishop does is is declares what God has already done in their life. So it's not an election like a ballot, like you would think in yeah, terms yeah. of like our political elections. It, it really has its roots in the Old Testament the theology of, of God choosing the people of Israel as his own. Um, you know, that's that's sort of the basis of that. And so what, what God does, or what, what the bishop does, is affirms what has already been done in the lives of these individuals who've been preparing for several months, maybe even years, depending on where they're at in their journey. Um, there's there's uh, testimonies by their godparents, by the assembly, affirming that uh, they have, um, they've, they've 
done the work that's necessary to move on to the next thing. They have a deep desire in their heart to receive the sacraments of initiation. That's one of the, the, the criteria, okay. that they, they desire them and that they want to join this Catholic community. Um, and really, ultimately, they want a life in Christ. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what it's ultimately about. And uh, so at that liturgy, that's what happens. It's not the bishop isn't, um, you know, saying, oh, well, you're not good enough. You can't. He, he is proclaiming. Um, or what God has already done. God has already done. <clears throat> and, 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 and I love what you said. It's not about, uh, it's, people here elect and they think election, right? Mm-hmm. Casting a vote. That, and I love the distinction you're making. It's, it's that, it's that um, very scriptural theology of being elected or chosen, yeah. right? God choosing. And, and, and where I think that's powerful for us, or I'll speak for myself, is that applies to me too. I mean, I was elected. Mm-hmm. I, I was chosen by God for baptism. Yeah. Um, he worked through my parents in that. He worked through my family in, in securing that for me. But, but I, I, you know, we were elect once, yeah, and it, 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 it's an image that comes back if you look at the book of Revelation. Um, yes, it, it's, yep, at so the end. it's sort of this bookend. I, you know, we we are still, even though we are baptized, this gets a little nuanced. Like we're not elect in the same way, but we are the elect. We're the chosen ones yep. who have uh, lived out, or we continue to live out this life. And on that final day. Um, as the book of Revelation talks about. Um, we won't get into all that, but but will we come into the heavenly kingdom with an unstained garment? Um, that we first received in baptism. That we received in baptism. And that brings us full circle back to this season of, of uh, preparation. Are we, year after year, we come to this season of conversion, the season of time yep. to look so that we can once again... Um, bring ourselves into a in more intimate relationship with Christ. And again, that's what that, that all of the liturgies of the season. So um, the rite of election was celebrated at the cathedral, right? It's a cathedral liturgy, but many parishes would have celebrated the rite of sending for election right. um, if they were able to in the pandemic, right? Sure, sure. And that's the parish celebration where the, where literally the parish sends them to the cathedral to be elected. Right, and the community in that particular liturgy, um, if and when it's celebrated, has uh, an affirmation by the assembly. There's a role to play. There's a witness. Right, you always, this is something I think extremely important for listeners to understand, is you are the primary minister. (laughs) You, listening, are the primary minister of initiation. It is how the life of the community is lived out. It isn't just the RCIA team or whatever, but you. All of us who are baptized. Have a role to play in that. And we need to say a little bit more about that. Let's do that when we come back. Stay with us for our last segment on Focus on the Liturgy. We'll be right back. adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. 
This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective. And the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our moral responsibility for the common good. We have lived with the pandemic for many months, and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands and watching your distance. Thank you and God bless you all. Welcome back to this last segment of Focus on the Liturgy, where we've been talking about the great season of Lent that we've just begun. Um, Timothy, we were talking about, uh, you made a great point there in just these last couple minutes, um, talking about the role that the, um, that, that, that the baptized, that every Catholic has, the role that they have in helping those people who are preparing for baptism this Easter. Yeah, I cannot stress it enough that we are all part of that uh, process. Yeah. Uh, it is not just you know a few individuals in your parish, but it is the entire parish who has the responsibility of forming and cultivating this life um, in Christ and helping um, model and witness to this life. But there's, there's that great line. It says it says the faithful should be should understand that the responsibility. Uh, that the initiation is the responsibility of the whole community. Of the whole community. So get involved, make sure you know who these folks are. Pray for them, you know, uh, talk to them after Mass, or, or if you're able to, uh, or if you see them in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, the supermarket yeah. or in your neighborhood. Just one, one quick note, um, one of the other, so there are two other Lenten liturgies, and I'll just say this real quickly, that are connected to this. One is the presentation of the creed, and one is the presentation of the Lord's Prayer. To those who are preparing for baptism. To those, and yeah. it's not a presentation on a scroll or anything like that, but I want to just focus on the creed real quickly, because in that liturgy, what's presumed isn't that you're handing a scroll to the, the elect. A printed um, copy this, of the creed. Right, but it, again, this goes back to the role of the community. It is our faith 
that we profess and pass on. So we verbally, as, as a community gathered, these happen during the week after the, the um, first and the third scrutinies, right? Make sure I say yes. that right. Um, and uh, it is the community who gives uh, the creed and recites it to them so that they can, it's, they're entrusted with it so they can learn it and be able to profess it at their baptism on Holy Saturday night. Yep, yep exactly. Uh, other other liturgies that uh, that um, or other ways, sorry, uh, that we mark the season are is is uh, devotional prayer. So we've been talking about liturgical prayer, but then there's also devotional prayer, which helps us to mark the season. And they're they're not liturgy, they're not liturgical, they are devotional. It's a separate form of prayer. But examples like. Well, I, the most familiar, of course, are the Stations of the Cross. Yeah, yeah. Whether, whether you're gathering at your parish, um, if, if you're able to, I know some parishes are doing that socially distanced, of course, or if you're doing it at home as a private devotion, um, it certainly helps you reflect on the, the passion uh, of Christ um, and the resurrection um, and a, a, good, a great way to spiritually prepare um, in, the, in this way. In oh this my time. gosh, yeah. Oh, so uh, again, th- that's not liturgical. It, it's devotional prayer. They are dis- different forms of prayer. They are distinct. Um, I know that in the later weeks, uh, in the late last week of um, of Lent, uh, pe- there are some people who practice the Divine Mercy devotion, which again is not liturgical. It's it's a devotion. Right. Um, so all of these are, are ways that we can prepare. But LTP has a particular uh, LTP has a number of uh, items that can help prepare us to renew our baptism during Lent. Yeah, since we've been talking about this renewal of baptism, um, I just wanted to, to offer and share with everybody that is listening, we have a new resource, or I guess a year old now, but if you haven't seen it, it is called Living Your Baptism in Lent. And what it does, um, written by Father Dennis Strack, a Holy Cross priest from Notre Dame, um, what it does is it takes that renewal of baptismal promises that you're going to hear at uh, the Easter Vigil or on Easter Sunday morning, and it breaks it up over the course of the Lenten week. So we're still early enough you could get it. And it's a journal um, really set up that way so you can pray with that profession as a way to prepare your heart, your mind for renewing that um, baptismal promises um, at the vigil. So you can find it on ltp.org, Living Your Baptism in Lent by Father Dennis Strack. It's a really great small little resource, weekly uh, little reflections for you to engage in that renewal baptismal promises. And if you do buy it, let us know how it goes. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. So again, whatever to our listeners, whatever it is you're you're doing this Lent, however you are observing Lent, ask the question, is it going to prepare you, help to prepare you, to renew your baptism at Easter? Exactly. Because that's, that's, that's what the whole season is about. That and preparing our elect for their baptism um, on uh, Holy Saturday night. Uh, and, and again, we do, we do that through penance, through reconciliation, through fasting, through prayer, through almsgiving, through self-denial, through taking something else on. But the whole shape of it is the whole journey of that is leading us to that one moment when we will be asked (laughs) do you believe in god the father almighty creator of heaven and earth exactly do you believe in jesus christ's only son our lord do you believe in the holy spirit do you believe in the holy catholic church and we're going to have to answer our next show is going to be uh the fifth week of lent so we look forward to talking more about this great season then god bless everyone Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago, 
You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.